I'm Alicia Michalisic Kurtz, the creator and host of the Real Talk podcast. This year, prompted by the deaths of many people of color, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and so many others, our country has been engaging in a conversation about racism and discrimination more palpable than anything since the 1950s and 60s. Here at Real Talk, we've been trying to figure out the best way to show our support to the diverse community of healthcare workers that we proudly work alongside. But more importantly, a way to honor the incredibly unfair struggle that faces physicians of color every day. We believe the best way to do this is not to participate in this conversation, but rather to listen to their stories, to amplify their voices, to make sure that these experiences are shared and heard. So... Our next few episodes will feature some stories from physicians of color with a discussion hosted by our friend, Javay Walton. We hope that this series will give our listeners another perspective as all of us work to address racism and bias in our own lives and hearts. Hi, I'm Javay Walton, Manager of Corporate Recruiting and the Program Lead for Diversity and Inclusion Program here at Vituity. And welcome to Real Talk, a place where healthcare professionals share stories about their real human experiences working in medicine. Today marks the first of four episodes devoted to sharing the stories of a group of doctors who are kind, compassionate, driven, and smart, who lead in their fields and have given 110% of their talents to their work. Yet, they have experienced biases, prejudgment, and repeated discouragement, all for one reason and one reason alone, the color of their skin. The road to a career in medicine is not a short nor an easy one. The hurdles are many and they're tough to clear. Getting into medical school is notoriously difficult, but then you have to pass the classes along with multiple challenging standardized exams, then perform well on your clinical rotations and secure strong letters of recommendation to help you match into the residency you want. And while residency is less competitive, it's arguably the most demanding part of it all, with a hefty dose of personal sacrifice mixed into the ongoing steep learning curve. And after that, you finally get to apply for your first non-minimum wage job as an attending doctor, solidly in at least your 30s and sadly with hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. It's definitely not a career path for the faint of heart. So. What makes somebody right for this path? And who decides that? Certainly, you want to go to college, get good grades, have some extracurricular activities, or other things to ensure your resume tells the story of your hard work and makes it clear you can handle the challenge. But what if you don't go to an Ivy League school? What if you had to work full time to get yourself through? What if you don't come from a long line of doctors in your family? Or if you don't look, the way a stereotypical doctor might look. Dr. Maureen Bell is an emergency physician on the East Coast who completed her undergrad at a state school that prides itself on having a diverse ethnic and socioeconomic undergraduate student population. She worked hard and she did well and ultimately applied to medical school, only to learn that sometimes working hard isn't enough to convince decision makers that you're good enough. This is Dr. Bell's story. My name is Maureen Bell. I'm an emergency physician with Vituity. And 
anyone who knows me well has heard me say multiple times that medicine is still a sexist profession, even in 2020. I have been a physician now for more years than I care to say, but for all the advances that we've made, you would think that they're no longer assigned gender roles in any professional situation, especially in healthcare. But uh, I still find that even today, medicine is still a sexist profession. You'll walk into a room with a white coat, introduce yourself to a patient. Hi, I'm Dr. Bell. Um, I'll be your physician today. And you'll go through the whole encounter, examine them. And at some point, the nurse will come back out and say, you know, the patient wants to know when they're going to see a doctor. <laughs> so, um, you, you know, it, it's something that I've gotten used to. That doesn't make it okay. Uh, but what I have found is in today's day and age, being a Black female physician, there is an added layer of surprise that you're actually the physician. One of the things that I have found is, especially when I'm treating an older patient, you know, somebody in their 70s or 80s, and when they do actually realize that you're their physician, especially when you're treating an older Black patient, like there is such pride. They're so proud, you know, even though they don't know you personally, they're proud that you're their doctor. And they're like, oh my God which means it's still a surprise. It still isn't commonplace in today's day and age to see a physician that looks like you or who could be your granddaughter or your daughter. So that just tells me that we still have work to do. We still have a ways to go where, you know, in a professional setting, you can be recognized for who you are and the reaction isn't just surprise. On my journey to become a physician, I was not born in the U.S. I was born in Jamaica, where I was raised by my, um, probably more my grandparents than my parents to believe in meritocracy, meaning that if you worked hard, you could be anything you wanted to be. The sky's the limit. You know, one of the sayings that they love to tell us is prepare to fail. <laughs> but it was also, if you work hard, nothing is out of your reach. You, you just have to work for it. And so I moved to the U.S. after I'd finished high school and my dream was to become a physician. And so, you know, during college, I worked hard. I studied hard for my MCATs. I got interviews at a number of medical schools. And I think for me, one of the crossroads in the pursuit of my dream was you know, I went on an interview for medical school at a very well-known medical school within a major city, which you would think that there should be some acceptance of diversity or some expectation of diversity. And, you know, the older white gentleman who was interviewing me, his question to me was that he knows what a 3.79 GPA means coming from Harvard or Yale. What does it mean coming from the college I'm coming from? And, and to me, at that moment, you know, in, in preparing for interviews, honestly, this was not a practice question I ever did with myself <laughs> because, you know, the expectation that you have performed well on a standardized test, which is kind of how you got in the door to the interview anyway. And so here was somebody who was 
who is acting as a gatekeeper. You're in a position of power. Obviously, you know, it is my desire to attend your institution and get to the next stepping stone in achieving my dream. And so here you are in this position of power. And it's not just that you're denying me entry, but it's also like you're trampling on my dream itself. Like, why are you even here? And then the other question was, have I ever considered nursing? Um, And and I, I look back at that now and I think to myself, what if that were my first interview? I mean, fortunately for me, it wasn't. But in retrospect, I I can look back and say, what if that were my first interview? Because if this was my first exposure to interviewing and my first exposure to trying to figure out where I was going to go, I mean, I can't tell you how I would react, but, you know, it just as easily could have been my first interview. And I, I think at some point in that interview, My approach changed, (laughs) which meant it was not so much that I was here to put on a show to, to prove myself that I was worthy of getting into your school, but it became, this is my dream and I am going to protect it and I'm not going to make you trample on it. So this is not the place for me. (laughs) Even if I were going to get in here, this is telling me that this is also not the place for me. And I, I, I think in a lot of ways that that interview and going through that interview process and, and that experience really made me just have to put on a thick skin because I realized that it meant that I was going to be attempting to walk a path that people may have thought I was not deserving to walk, but it was my dream And I was going to continue to work at it. And it didn't mean that it had to be easy every time, but I just was not willing to have somebody deny me the opportunity. And so looking at where we are in today's world and seeing everything that is happening and seeing so many of the injustices and the disparities that exist, not just in healthcare, but seeing how difficult it is for even children of color who are trying to achieve their dreams. The one thing that I can say is whatever your dream is, make it your passion, protect it. And every time somebody tells you no, let that be the fuel to take you to the next step. Dr. Bell's story highlights one of the ways prejudice is built into the healthcare system from the very beginning. Even when interviewing for medical school, Dr. Bell was asked to answer for her GPA from a school that didn't, quote, mean anything to interviewers who was more familiar with the kinds of schools traditional applicants might have gone to. And when she wasn't 100% sure how to address that question, Dr. Bell was met with an equally frustrating follow-up question. Have you ever considered nursing school? If a school is interviewing hundreds of students each year, the interviewers are challenged with the task of figuring out which of those students is truly the best fit for their program. Who is the most qualified to pursue their dream to become a doctor? It's hard to know exactly what motivated the interviewer to fill his short time available to interview Dr. Bell with these specific questions, or what insights the answers would have offered him in determining her merit. 
But we can't ignore the likelihood that these questions were likely prompted by Dr. Bell's gender and her race. According to AAMC, only 8% of students who applied to medical school in 2019 identified as Black or African American. And only about 5% of current doctors in the U.S. identified as Black. Yet the general population has a much higher percentage of people of color. So what is it that keeps more Black students from applying to medical school? The answer is complicated and has many parts. But certainly one of those factors is the way Black people have been treated by the medical community for many years, up to and including the way Dr. Bell was interviewed for medical school in her story. And while for Dr. Bell, this interaction left her more determined to succeed in pursuing her dreams, there are many students who would not react the same way. It would be natural to feel extremely discouraged by this kind of experience. And if we really care about having doctors that better reflect the populations of the patients they serve, and if we mean it when we say we want to ensure diverse perspectives are present at the table as we try to solve these many issues in our healthcare system, then this is not a recipe for success. Let me ask you some questions. How do we ensure equity and fairness in our admissions process for medical students? How do we identify the right people to conduct interviews and judge the merit of these candidates? There's an old saying that sometimes progress happens one retirement at a time. There may be some truth in that, but how can we do better now? How can we work for progress in this area now? instead of just waiting for new leaders or new hospital initiatives to change our practice. I want to say thank you to Dr. Bell for sharing her story with us, to the team at Vituity for their support of this podcast, to Marco Gonzalez, our sound engineer, and to all of you for listening. I'm Javay Walton, and this is Real Talk. Want to connect with the Real Talk podcast or record your story with us? Start at realtalk.transistor.fm or you can follow the link in the show notes for this episode.